This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Flamethrowers, and welcome to this very, very special hot take. I'm Shereen Ahmed in Toronto, and coming to you with a very, very special friend of mine who I've wanted to have on Burn It All Down basically once we start, since we started, my friend Janine Anthony, who is coming to us from Lagos. Good morning, or afternoon, rather, Janine. It's <laughs> good morning, afternoon, good night, wherever you are in the world, you know, I'm just happy to, to be here and finally be on Burn It All Down. Like, I've, I've always wanted to be here, um, so what a, just what a way to just, you know, slide in here. <laughs> yeah, excited. Um, Janine is amazing. She's a presenter, a reporter at BBC Sport Africa. She's actually runs um, Ladies March, which is a site and Instagram account, and also a Twitter account that you all should follow dedicated to women's football in Africa. She is one of my absolute favorite people in the world and we are still waiting for a meetup in Iceland is it are we supposed to go to Iceland yes. we're supposed to agree yes. to meet somewhere I've added Thailand to the list oh, now yeah. for helping oh, yeah, for sure. Super Falcons. So. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so happy she could take time out of her very busy schedule because um, Janine is actually going to be the English commentator at AFCON 2019 that has just started in Egypt so this is this is pretty incredible. Like she's so busy, and we're so so grateful she could take the time to talk to us about the Women's World Cup, um, Nigeria, and comment on Cameroon as well and what this means. Can you uh, can you tell me how you're feeling today? The Super Falcons are going to play. So can you tell me what you're feeling? Um, I'm just you know I'm I'm just so excited. I feel like a lot of people who've you know contacted me over the last couple of days feel like I'm more excited than Super Falcons themselves because this is something we've all we've worked so hard for we've talked we've advocated for we've written and all of that and just to be able to see these girls record you know more success you know because they've deserved it because they've really worked hard for it right now I'm feeling a fly girls um you know whatever the result <laughs> is in the end I don't care. Like I'm, I have so much excitement for the next two years. Um, I probably will start doing giveaways. Like I'm so excited, <laughs> um, you know, because it's just like a proud mother or a sibling or sister or BFF or just you know a, a role model or whatever that just sees these girls um, break away from that you know, mental and you know because we're quite a religious nation, spiritual shackle of always never getting beyond a particular stage for 20 bloody years so i mean if, if you were born 20 years ago you'd probably be doing your master's or something <laughs> amazing that you're through so yeah so excited that's that's incredible what's the feel like on the ground like 
in Lego. So people paying attention, like I know AFCON has just started. And for those of you that don't know what AFCON is, it's the Continental Championship for the men's football um, in Africa. But Janine, tell me, what is it? Are people paying attention to the women's team? You know, it's, it's such an interesting question because, you know, when the World Cup started, for a lot of people who follow women's football and, um, you know, just people who just like anything that has to be national team, it just felt like it was a a secluded, small competition for us, the few people who are interested in it. But Nigerians have really been bothered. Like, <laughs> they, they know. Uh, the other day, I, 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 I was driving by and I'd seen, uh, like, a viewing center having um, the match time for the Nigeria game. I was pleasantly surprised because if you go by the talk of men don't care about women's football, if you go by the talk of people don't care about women's football, you it's very you will easily believe that oh it's just for like ten of us across Nigeria who will just yeah it's super falcons. But really, people have been bothered and tell you why. From the VAR, VAR experience against France to how you know people were waiting for Thailand's results and Cameroon's results, people are really interested in it and people are absolutely excited um about it so it's it's it didn't start off um explosively but i think since the korea result you know people just like oh wait whoa, there's a women's World Cup. oh my lord it's falcons and then you know people have you know started paying attention it's going to be hard to juggle that with the uh, men's afcon because interestingly today uh, uh, the super falcons will play um two hours after the men's team will play um, so um, it's just hard to juggle that, but yes, people are paying attention to women's football, to the to the um, you know Super Falcons. And when you compare with the fact that the men didn't qualify from their group stage and the women have, yeah, yes. So yeah, it's been interesting. <laughs> well, that that's something that I think in the United States they can very well relate to. The, the men didn't even qualify at all. Forget about the yeah. group stage. And in Canada, the men where I am, the men haven't qualified since 1986. So oh. you know, mad respect to our women's teams. I have a question for you about. So I know that there was a lot of discussion. In, particularly in North America, that when the dates of the final were announced, it conflicted with Copa America and everything. Did you feel a sense of frustration when you saw that AFCON would be colliding with the schedule of the Women's World Cup? Like, did that, because of course you would have realized that. Did did you feel that at all? Oh, oh, we're still talking about it. Even last night, I still talked about it with a friend of mine. Uh, so, like, so... It's been an ongoing conversation and, you know, we have a women's football um, committee and we've talked about, I'm not part of that committee, but I have, you know, close friends. And I've said, I really need to understand when, you know, the, the, the because the Men's Cup of Nations in Africa actually wasn't in the summer. It was always in January, February of every year. This is the first time it's going to happen yes, in the true. summer. Yeah. So the question, the question was, what was the thinking behind moving it to the summer? And, the, you know, when everything will be happening around this period. And, they, and, you know, a lot of male journalists said, oh, you know, the main major players, um, which are the male footballers, you know, requested for this. They've been clamoring for this. And I was like, oh, okay. Did CAF, the Confederation of African Football, inform them the reasons why this has to be played in January and February? We are not in, like, you know, the Bahamas or Barbados. This is Africa. We have different temperate regions. Summer football would not work for a lot of countries right. here. It's either going to be too hot or it's going to be very yes. rainy. 
So January, February is just the right time to have that. So when, you know, mentioning that a lot of other people like kept quiet, I said, okay, then the bigger picture, did they think of women's football? Did they think that for once, you know, the period that, you know, women want the, all of their attention to be on them, because they're moving into the same time, you know, it's going to conflict cricket still no response so i said so if you're saying we took into cognizance the um complaints or the observations of the flip players i said but we have women players too where they consulted as well before such a decision was made and even when you make a decision there's you know there's contingency there's okay we're making a decision because this but this and that and that is what's going to be put in place to ensure that you know everybody still gets a piece of the pie right. shireen and everybody else see in fact, this particular tournament um, is two weeks apart from the Women's World Cup. It could have been one week. The Egypt, um, the I think the Federation um, um, asked that it be moved for another one week because of the Ramadan. Right. So, I mean, it, it could have literally been, oh, you wake up one morning, it's Women's World Cup, and the next day is Men's Nations Cup. That's how unbothered or it wasn't thought through how women's football will be affected by this move. So it's been it's been a major debate. And even uh, there was an announcement from the Confederation as well saying, you know, that it's going to be hot, this and that. And I'm like, oh, but people asked for this, didn't they? You know, so it's 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 something we're hoping that we will look in again, in, look into again and see how women's football can still benefit from this sort of schedule. Wow. In Africa. Wow. Like, I mean, I mean, you're right. It's the first time now that I realize it, that it, Afcon is not, the Cup of Nations is not in the winter time. And I mean, I, I love how you're the one that has to ask, does anyone think of? Although, I mean, this is what I find really staggering. There's some incredible superstars on, on like, even on the Super Falcons. I mean, Asisado Shawala, who you know I love, was, you know, named BBC's <laughs> first female footballer of the year in 2015 like she's a star she's now been signed to Barcelona like I just I was actually chatting with my friend Ayasat Youssef about her um also Ayasat was on uh, burn it all down for a pre-world cup special and we're talking about the rise of what women's football can be in Nigeria and just sort of saying it needs to be a change of mentality is what she said and get you know from grassroots levels all the way to the top um, do you feel that this performance of Nigerian Cameroon as well will help that? Because in my opinion, Nishut Ajara's goal for Cameroon was honestly, it was the goal of the tournament. It was the goal of the tournament. I, I don't think I could have screamed any louder. I like, it was just, it was phenomenal. Um, I will probably have that backdrop as, you know, when I'm exchanging the girls <laughs> with my husband, like, just have that goal just at the back. No, seriously. Like, I, I, should, I should consider that. It's, I mean, it's it was, well, first of all, I love the backdrop idea of your wedding and I intend to come. God willing, I intend to be there. <laughs> but um, I think that, it, do you really, do you think that these moments will help amplify Women's football, I mean, women's football means amplification everywhere in the world. Like, everywhere struggles with this. Misogyny in football is a worldwide problem. Do you, but do you think moments like this help? Yes, definitely, they do help. Um, but here's the thing. When Cameroonians watch that Ajara's goal and they look forward to seeing her play, she's not going to be in Africa. She's going to be yeah. in Europe. You know, these are the stars. So we rely on the stars to make our game um, rise. 
So when fans are saying, oh, we want to come and watch the stars because we loved how they played, they're going to come to watch the Cameroon feminine division. They're not going to see right. them. They're going to see younger girls who are probably not as technical as these girls are, who probably haven't gone as much, you know, training as these girls are and it's gonna go back in the bin and say oh you see why women's football isn't right this and that and that and that um so what we have to do is ensure that we create great league structures that can match what we have outside our players playing outside that can match it or even in such a way that our players stay here to play because the years where the super falcons where in every edition of the Women's World Cup, most of them were playing in the Nigerian division. We had players playing in South Africa national team and Cameroon national team playing in the Nigerian Women's League. It was the it was the right. thing back right. then. So we have to make sure that that structure is able to still keep our girls. And even if they're not keeping our girls, it's great for competition. If you have a great load of young talent who you watch their games and you're excited about the games and they're playing great football. Right. And you know that when it's a tournament, the coach has a great headache to pick from this amazing stars um, talent we have on the local scene, you know, and the players who you know, apply their trade abroad. Right. Um, that, that's what you get. And that's what you get a bit with the Cameroon team as well. They have a nice blend of, you know, um, foreign base pros and, um, you know, and of course the players who apply their trade in, in um, Cameroon. So it, this, yes, definitely does in terms of attracting crowd and making them understand that, oh, okay, um, um, we have a league and women's um, teams are good, but we need to keep the crowd we need to keep fans coming we need to make the game attractive we need to inspire girls in schools because that's the most important thing right now that they can see these women on tv hear them on radio see them online and say yes i really would like to be like them i like ronaldo but i'd like to be like ajara because she looks like you she is yeah. you you know you cannot be a ronaldo you can be ajara yeah. you know so that's exactly what things like this this tournament does um, for women's football, we're hoping that it will happen in Africa. It will translate very well, like what we've seen in England and and and, and the like. Yeah, and I would also hope that none of the girls would like to be like Ronaldo because you know how I feel about that. But um, <laughs> I prefer they be a Yaya Toure or Mo Salah or something like yeah, or Drogba. They can just they can be Drogba. Yeah, um, that's the effect of the La Liga and the EPL when they see it's a Messi Ronaldo debate. Yeah. You know, girls say, "Oh, we want to play like Messi or Ronaldo." Yeah. Uh, but the translation would be you actually want to be an Akide or an Aisa. Yeah, I mean, yes. I used to love uh, yes. uh, Musa Ahmed's goal, one of, his, one of the last year, 2018. That was one of my favorite goals from Nigeria. Like, I'll never forget it. But um, that being said, um, I love your perspective about domestic leagues, and I think that is so important because I live in a country, Canada doesn't have a domestic women's league, and so we lose all of our players to Europe and to the United States. So I really feel what you're saying about, which is so critical, and I'm so grateful that you raised this point that domestic leagues and development and grassroots is critical mm-hmm. for the game to grow. So, And this is everywhere. So we need federations to support in a very consistent manner so speaking of yeah. federation if i should just add to that yeah of course I'm sorry if i should just add to that women's football if you notice women's football is still the football everybody wants like football men's football has become such a vehicle or such a model that you can't quite recognize women's football is still that raw football that people would like but hey 
so many you know developments happen in men's football and they can't get it which means our leagues like if we are losing our players to foreign leagues we soon become i mean in africa how many players play in africa for men's football they're all playing in the big european you know leagues yeah they will try everybody's about champions league the best player will be playing in the champions league so women's football has to we still have to retain that that sanity to ensure that our leagues are strong enough and we can stay here so that when you know a lot of people who you know banter and say what you know what does women's football have what you say well women's football is everything you dream of but you can't have because they're really the pure form of football real form of football that you, you want to have but you know money has happened so yeah that's, well, I mean, there, there's the thing. There's the thing. Do we really believe that there's no money? I don't believe that, Janine. I really <laughs> actually do not believe there's no money. I think that there is money. It's just not being allocated properly. I will refuse to believe that. Like, I mean, from what I've researched about federations, I know that FIFA has billions of dollars in reserves. I don't believe there's no money. I, I'm not going to accept that. I think the money is just not being given to where it is actually due. And I mean, we look which back, is we interesting. which is interesting because how much is like women's football really needs? Like if we do a GoFundMe, we can sponsor one. Like how much, how much does women's football really need that there is no money allocated to it, some sort of investment? Yeah, I completely agree. But you know what's really funny when you say that? Like how much do we need? I think the answer to that question is we will survive on whatever we're given because that's what we do anyway. Exactly. That's the point. Exactly. It's not like we're asking you to build an island. Just give because of the hard work and the grit and just the passion for the game. That's what helps women's football. Just the passion. I'm so proud of women. Like when they put their minds to something, they just go 100%. Because we're we're managers. We know how to manage things. They just give us some allocation. I mean, how much do you think the England women's team or the Canadian women's team gets? that they play the brand of football that they play. You know, Christine Sinclair is, is the it's captain impressive. of the Canadian women's team, and she gave a really great interview recently, and she said what her vision is to see what's happening on the men's side should be happening on the women's side. And this is possibly the most decorated player in all of soccer in the world with goals. Like, she's about to beat Abby Wambach. Like, mm. this is what yeah. she's saying. And they still do not get much as much money as the men, which I do not understand. Like, I can't even name more than two players on the men's team in this country. <laughs> I just, I don't understand. But to answer your question, you're absolutely right. But if they offer to build an island, I will happily take it. I don't think they ever will. <laughs> and maybe we can go visit there. I've packed my bags for that. um tell me about Cameroon tell me your thoughts about that team I did I mean before like last year before anything even happened before they didn't even undertake a a football tour until like March of April or April this year I said that Cameroon were going to get out of their group um, I said it on a couple of platforms. I was quite iffy about Nigeria. I was, I, you know, I said for Bayana, this is a learning curve. They will not make it through Nigeria if they got a point against Korea. So you can call me, you know, I think I know my stuff. But, you know, um, Cameroon is, is a, such a fearless team. You said there's so much in the name. They call, they're called the Indomitable Lioness. The Lioness. There's so much to win. They, they are not scared of who is in front of them. Their biggest weakness is themselves. Yeah. Themselves. Like, they, they, they go... I mean, in Africa, in the last four to six years, because the tournaments are every two years, anytime you know there's the African Women's Cup of Nations, neutral fans are already saying Cameroon. 
they because you know Nigeria will be faced with one or two issues at the end of winning it. But everybody just outrightly goes out for Cameroon because they have what it takes from all yeah. patches of the field and that intensity. The, the ability to match pace for pace, power for power. And, you know, they could play 180 minutes without, you can't break them down. That's the way they are. But yeah. you just know that mentally, they just shoot themselves in the foot. They just don't, they're not just clinical enough. So when that, you know, when that happened, I said they were going to go through. And if you watch all their games in the World Cup, you could see, you could just see that they just needed one or two extra in them. And it's, I mean, they gave everything that they could. You just feel like, I mean, this is a, a country that, they went for a Chinese invitational tournament after Nigeria and South Africa had gone to Cyprus Cup and another tournament over and over again. It was They were just almost like the afterthought and you could see what they produced yeah you know, on the world stage. Um, so it's it's just great to see that happen. I'm also told that they'll be getting about $26,000 as um, their appearance fees uh, for okay. the tournament, you know, which is decent for the girls. We know that at the women's last Women's Cup of Nations, Gaila Ganamu's house was boggled because fans yeah. were upset that she threw away a penalty. Um, right. But men don't like football, that's what they say. But, I mean, see what's happening. <laughs> yeah. but, yeah. but, but, you know... Um, yeah, so it's just a team that you just feel like if they just... And the coach that had coached them during the Women's Cup of Nations, the new coach just came in in January. So they've been a team of just experimental things, you know. Let's just give them one tournament there. Let's just put a coach here. You know, and they can still produce what they can. Um, so I think against... Um, against England, they'll be really, really tough to break down. They might not just have that enough quality against England, but they are one of the sure bets in Africa. And um, fans also as well, I've seen them across social media, people who've been writing about them, are also supporting them as well. Not a lot of people know that they're yeah. playing, but as soon as they found out, they've really been supporting them um, because, of course, the men's team are also playing at the Africa Cup of Nations. So Cameroon right. is another team that, you know, Africa, you know, can't be proud of. Well, for sure. And I mean, Gael Onganamui, I love her. I think that she, when you talk about indomitable lioness, like her photo, player photo for 2015 was one of my favorites because <laughs> it's literally her being a lion. And yeah. like, you know, I've been incredibly impressed with Gabrielle Ongeni as well. Like, I mean, Raisa, like Fidio is like, I, I just think the men, for me, the like what you said, when I watch them play Canada in their first match, I watched, they played in the rain in Montpellier and I saw how they were getting affected psychologically. Like I saw mm. the, the pieces beginning to break. Like, I mean, physically, the quality of their the clinical skill, they're very, very strong players, but, and, and many of them play abroad, but mm. I saw that, 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 that cohesion needs to be there and like they need to work at it. I know that some teams have very specific sports psychologists that work with them on this and I'm thinking that maybe that's something that they need to work on. It's not their technical skill for sure. It's that yeah. lack of consistency because that can really destabilize a team. I mean, they, they didn't have the opportunities and consistency that a lot of the other teams have had, like you said, rightly so. Like, you know, Cyprus Cup, they didn't go to these invitationals. They weren't set up with all these matches. Like, when's the last international friendly that Cameroon had before the, the, the Chinese invitational? They didn't even have any. Exactly. You know, they were going back and forth all the time. They were supposed to play Spain. Then, they, you know, that, that fell through. You know, it was just back and forth. And this was like February, March, you know, period. And, I mean, this is this was the worst prepared team of the three African teams. But I was, this so them qualifying is all them. It's all on those girls. 
it's all on those girls nothing extra nothing different um for them because of they had arguably the worst preparation of all the african teams who qualified for the world cup um so it, it just again and i'm just quite confused about cameroon again because at the 2016 cup of nations that had literally one of the most sold out crowds in women's football and the final between nigeria and cameroon we were absolutely certain that women's football in cameroon would change but we, but now when i look at it was it for the camera yeah yeah you know because it, it just hasn't really you know translated that much into the team you know they change the coaches this and that the you know the warring you know you know in, in between you know so they just need to be given a little bit they need not a little bit they need to be given much more extra so that they can really harness the quality that they have now they have players i mean money um she's in her in her 30s and right. 30s we have players who are probably aging and feel like you know they need to inject new um some you know new um talent into this team to see them really rise you mentioned Fejo, amazing yeah. player um um i'm abode as well estelle johnson now that's somebody oh she yeah about. she's just coming yeah. to that team and just slot right in, like she just feels at home. And oh, she's just people are like, okay, this this defender is really, really yeah. good. Um, so a lot of things are looking up for well, Also to, on that, believing we do. But also, I was reading like a, a piece that the first developmental academy for women's football was started by Anka Namuit in Cameroon this yeah. January. So before this January, yeah. they actually had no development school for girls in all of West Africa. So. It, you know, we were talking about getting, supporting the team and supporting development, but like, I mean, things need to start at a grassroots level for this. Like, I have no doubt that there's tremendous amount of potential there, but like, I mean, it has to be fostered. Mm. Yes, and it will start with this girl. It will start, start yeah. with Eganamu. It's going to yeah. start with Oshola. It's going to yeah. start with Janine Van Vick and Katlana. Oh, yeah. Because these are the girls that are in this age of, the social media age where, you know, people, they are drawing followership. Oh, for sure. These girls are the ones who influence it. These girls are the ones who walk into a high school and all the girls will be like, oh, my God, this is Oshola. Yeah. Those are the, and then Oshola says, you know what, I'm starting an academy or whatever, a, a, a training. If you want to play like me or play with me, then girls troop in. Yeah. These are the girls that will change that, but you can't do it at all. No, and that's where you can't. can't, and that's where the future is. So, Janine, one last thing. What are your predictions? <laughs> and, 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 and oh, what will you be eating as you watch? Oh, I ate. So like when I lose weight, <laughs> I already have like reserve. Oh, well, before we had this call, I already ate something called okra soup. <laughs> okra soup. I'm down for that. Love okra. Okay. Um, I, I, I ate that. <laughs> delicious. Um, so what are your, tell me your predictions. Oh, Shireen. <laughs> or if you don't want to jinx okay. it, you don't have to. <laughs> Oh, okay. Um, uh, for for I'll start with Cameroon first. I mean, it's such a great game, isn't it? Lionesses versus lionesses. Um, yes. <laughs> you know, um, the England team is just you know they've just excelled from twenty fifteen up until now. Um, I think they might have a little too much for Cameroon. Um, so I think England will win that. But trust me, if Cameroon does win it, like I'm going to Cameroon too. So add that we have Iceland, Thailand, and Cameroon. <laughs> um, and then for uh, Nigeria, um, 
again, you know, talks of, you know, Germany is not quite the team that they were, but they can absolutely, you know, blow you off like what we saw with South Africa. They can be contained as well. Um, I think I'm just, I'm going to give that game to um, to Nigeria, actually, um, because, you know, I, I just feel like if you come this far, you know, something else will push them to go further. And a lot of people are saying the girls are celebrating too much because they got through the next round. A lot of insiders in there with them, it's the training and everything, saying that these girls want to give every single thing. They're going to throw everything. Having passed through that test of France, they have everything to play for. So, yes, yeah. I think Nigeria will go through. I think Cameroon will give a spirited effort, but England might have too much. Yeah. So, Nigeria and England. Yeah, that's brilliant. I'll take it. Um, thank you so much for being on Burn It All Down. You are welcome anytime. We absolutely love you. Um, I It's an honor for me to talk to you and watch you and seeing your star rise. I'm so proud and I love it. And I love that you're part of an all-female commentating team, commentator team for the Africa Cup of Nations. I think that's brilliant. And um, yes. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I can't wait to celebrate with you in person one day in the same continent. Yes, 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 yes. I can't wait. But thank you so much. Funny that, I mean, this podcast is just such a great tool. I don't know how many how many awards we need to win. I mean, it's just it's just it's just an amazing opportunity. I spoke with Lynn the other day. She's just amazing. You know, I mean, and we're always going to keep supporting um, as much as you can and always keep being friends and networking and making sure that we rise together as one. So, yes, I'll be glad to be here at any time with more okra soup and tissue soup, <laughs> you know, Nigerian steps like Daku and all that. Absolutely. Blast. Thank thank you so much, my friend. And uh, we'll be rooting for Nigeria, who undoubtedly have the most beautiful kits. Yes. Yes. Thank you. (laughs) Maybe when the tournament is over, I can find one because they're completely, completely sold out, Janine. Like they're just sold out everywhere. Yeah, we need to sort that out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Anyway, so uh, it was great to talk to you and we'll we'll be in touch soon. Thanks. Take care. Bye. Bye.